1: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, it is
2: now time! Oh, no. Oh, yeah! I finished these fights. Give me a hell, yeah!
0: Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it! It's the best
2: thing going, baby. Well, we've got a few hours to let our minds settle and take in AEW Double or Nothing 2021 fully. Ryan, it's Kyle. Justin will be joining us here in just a minute. We're going to break down last night's show. Give you guys our grades, get you involved in the show. Let let us know what you thought of AEW Double or Nothing here in the comments. We are streaming live right now on Facebook.com or on Twitter.com, Kyle. And we are also on, of course, our YouTube channel. So thank you to everyone that is joining us live this morning after what I thought was a really fun night of pro wrestling last night. Kyle, did you enjoy yourself?
1: Yes, I did in multiple ways, quite (laughs) frankly. I had a party. And I was planning on watching the show on a little bit of a delay, but you know, eight o'clock rolled around, party was going well, guests were all having a good time. I said, fuck it. This is a double or nothing (laughs) party now, baby. And I put it on live. I did not get a chance to see the pre-show match. I always pride myself on my diligence, but I will confess that I missed that. And I heard it was very good, but yeah, great show. Great party last night. How do you not love Memorial Day weekend? What a time to be alive.
2: Absolutely, man. You got summertime starting. The weather's good. The beer is flowing. I enjoyed myself last night. Justin, who will be joining us here, is having some uh, internet problems right now, but he'll be jumping on in a few minutes, hopefully. Justin actually came over to my house, watched it live with myself, and my dad was over here. First time I've had... More than like one other person watching wrestling live with me in over a year. First time, Justin has watched a show with me in quite a long time. So thank you, COVID Vaccines, for getting us back to normal. Thank you, COVID Vaccines, for making Double or Nothing's crowd last night possible. Because Kyle, that I mean, a world of difference. Are you pumped to watch the Thunderdome tonight or what? Stop.
1: (laughs) Uh, This just in, live crowds make pro wrestling better.
2: man. Night and day, night and day. I mean, I mean I,
1: you have to be careful. I, I, you know, sometimes I think you can, um, like overrate a match based on crowd sometimes, mm-hmm. but crowds do, you know, also, you know, they can make a match more special than it maybe has any right to be. But, you know, <laughs> after a year plus of, you know, just kind of like, you know, these just. Whatever reactions we're getting, these you know AEWs had some people in the in the joint, but not many. It was so refreshing to hear a you know close to full capacity uh crowd in yeah. a live venue.
2: I mean, we saw so Dynamite Friday night. It wasn't completely full, but I mean, it was packed around the ring. So I had a whole different feel to it. I yes. mean, it was just watching AEW Dynamite, which. I mean, honestly, it wasn't their strongest show they've had in recent weeks uh, no. as far as Dynamite goes. But just having the crowd there just made such a, a world of difference. And then, yeah, last night with the sold-out crowd, people just going nuts right from the start. Oh, man, it was so fun to watch. It just reminds you of what we have been waiting for, for over a year to get back to. And it makes me so excited to, I guess, get to July, where both major companies will then be on the road every single week. We'll get the live crowds again. Right now, we're kind of in this, this in-between period still you know, but, uh, we're getting there. We're getting there. So let us know what you thought of the show in the comments. We will put them up here on the air as we go. And, um, yeah, we got a few people joining us live right now. So let us know, uh, you're great on the show. I'm going to do this as we usually do on our pay-per-view post shows and just kind of ask you Kyle on the old a through F scale, hmm. what would you give double or nothing last night? And also give me your match of the night too, while you're at it. Oh, that's easy. Okay. Bucks against Moxley and Kingston, I think ran away with it. I think it was.
1: Uh, I'd be pretty surprised if someone had a different answer to that question. As far as the grade goes, I'll go with a B plus. Maybe you could talk me into an A minus. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. It, it started out incredible. The show. I mean, I think you know after that tag team title match. I mean, you're looking, oh baby, we're in for an all timer, and it still stayed strong throughout. I think there were some lulls. Uh, the main event. Uh, being the way it was at the end of a four-hour show, eh, maybe, I don't know. Um, I'll watch it back again and, and have a better sense of the show. But yeah, I think after initial viewing, B plus, A minus sounds about right.
2: Yeah. Well, one of our Patreon supporters here, uh, Rick, I, I believe this is Rick Skelton, maybe. But uh says, all right, lads, from a sunny England, A minus show for me would have been better if they'd main evented with a tag title change and hadn't put Cody over a go-go. That's his one criticism. I agree. <laughs> I agree with that one. We'll be getting to that here in, in just a second. Uh, Tim checking in to be determined. I don't know if Tim has seen the whole show yet. I know he was back home this weekend. So <laughs> we'll see. But Tim, I think you will like Tim is a big AEW fan. I think yep. you'll like it. You know,
1: people are not going to be surprised to hear this from me. But you compare this show to WrestleMania Backlash. All right. I think some may be able to make the case or would want to make the case that, like, technically speaking, in-ring, WrestleMania backlash might have been more consistent with the exception of that, you know, zombie nonsense, right? <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. like, the in-ring, I think, like, Meltzer called it one of WWE's best in-ring shows in years or something in The Observer. Uh, But when it comes to my respective enjoyment levels of these two products right now, those shows... WrestleMania Backlash, Double or Nothing, are so emblematic of where I'm at. You know, I I went on our Facebook page and was just like, you know, borderline in tears saying, guys, I'm just not feeling this WWE. I mean, it's not just the zombie thing. It's the, you know, alleged highs that I'm not feeling. With this show, Double or Nothing, I was just excited from start to finish about all the matches, and uh, it was great. Yeah. It was great. I, I was just... And I'm excited for Dynamite. Whereas, like, Backlash, I don't want to watch that show ever again. Double (laughs) nothing. I already started watching it
2: again this morning. Agreed. Agreed. Oh, we got a run-in here. There's a run-in coming. There he is. My
0: God, there's interference.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There he is. Justin joined in the house. Justin, we're going around the horn here, giving us uh, the grades for the show. Yeah. Uh, As I mentioned, you watched it live with me here over at my place last night. We had a blast. Uh, Kyle gave it a B plus to a minus where are you at with, with last night's show?
0: I would say an a minus, um, I had a lot of fun. I don't know how much of that was just the setting I was in having beers with my buddy and his dad. Um, I think overall the stampede, uh, stadium stampede and the casino battle Royal weren't bad by any means, but I felt they went a little long, uh, mirror Archer. I found myself reaching for my phone. Um, A little confused about the purpose of Cody and a go-go, but everything else was borderline perfect and exactly what you want from a wrestling show. Uh, And my big takeaway is I am most interested in seeing out of uh, Darby, Jungle Boy, Orange Cassidy and Hangman Page to see who kind of rises to the tippity top in the coming years. But overall, just a super fun show. What would you give? What would you say is your
2: your uh, match of the night?
0: Whew. Uh, I mean, it has got to be neck and neck between the tag title match and the men's world title match. Both of those were just so much fun. Uh, they'd kind of require a rewatch to really help me figure out which one was better. I mean, I guess only one had me thinking about it, given Kyle's strength. So maybe I got to give it to the tag title match.
2: <laughs> you did turn to me during that match and say that Kyle's getting strength. I um, was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll go A-minus on this show. There's a couple things that I would have changed that I guess I'll drop it to the A-minus, plus, like, the runtime, I would have saved Stadium Stampede for a dynamite made that the focus of a dynamite. I don't think that we really needed it on this show. It was kind of... It was a long, long event by the time we got to that.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah and I think, you know, because we're starting to get trained by WWE's two-and-a-half-hour shows, we're starting to realize, oh, that's a lot more fun. Now, at the yeah. same time... <laughs> Nobody wants a four-hour WWE show. I mean, who? I mean, that's the thing. I think it's just because it's WWE. Nobody wants four hours of that manure. <laughs> I mean, I could take four hours AEW. That's not a problem. Um yeah. You know, the the reason that we want WWE shows to go quick is because they're generally bad. Yeah. True. But you, you're right. Four hours is tough. You start kind of squirming around in that like fourth hour. Um, it's funny. I, I think Stadium Stampede, in lieu of not really having a true main event on this show needed to be here there was another match maybe as we run through the card i'll point out that i think could have been omitted from this card and uh run in a few weeks
2: i'm sure you know they look at that men's world title match and they they think is that worthy of main eventing the show because it was kind of like these kind of it felt like stopgap challengers for omega you know but when it was over, as as Justin said, I mean, it was a freaking awesome match. It, it's neck and neck with the tag title match to me too. I wow. was actually, I was thinking maybe going with that for wow. night of the night at one point. I, I think I'll go with with the tag title match wow. for, for match of the night. Okay. But dude, I thought that match was close to a four and a half star match. To be honest wow. with you, I loved it. Uh, and Justin was here, my dad was here, we were all really into that match and the tag match too. So, uh-huh. yeah,
1: I think for me the issue of the World Time Match. That might have been the match I was looking forward to the least coming into the show.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, m- maybe that's what helped us is I was maybe in a little bit of the same boat. Expectations were kind of low uh, and they over delivered, especially when you think yeah. about a triple threat match where it felt like they were going to go down that avenue of two guys in the ring, one outside, but they really fixed that almost right away, about five, ten minutes in and, and they were really clicking. All three guys uh, looked better, you know, by the final bell.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I agree. I wasn't super excited going in. But when that match ended, I thought this would have been a good ending to the broadcast. And then we still had Stadium Stampede, which was all right. We'll get into it here. But yeah, like I said, if you're joining us live, let us know your match of the night as we go through this all. But I mean, overall, just a, a really successful event. Great show. Never feel guilty spending 40, 50 bucks on these AEW pay-per-views. Always get your money's worth. Well, I wouldn't go that far. There were a few times I felt guilty. The last well, one was very the fucking fin- good, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> the finish of the last one. I mean, yeah, but it was still an awesome event up until that yeah. point. So, um, yeah, I actually did see usually when we do the WWE pay-per-view shows, I, I miss the pre-show, but I actually did watch this one. So Serena Deeb defeating Riho was a great match. Uh, Serena Deeb is just so technically sound. I you know, it was it was a good way to get the crowd into it right from the start. She's someone that Garners a lot of respect from the audience, I think, because she's been around the business for so long. Uh, they did some close close finishes where you thought maybe Rio had a, a chance being a former AEW women's champ to win the NWA women's title. But but in the end, Serena D retains in about 14 minutes. Solid way to kick off the show. You, then you get to the pay-per-view proper. And, you know, we had kind of been wondering in recent weeks, is Adam Page still over? Because when the <laughs> pandemic started... <laughs> When the pandemic started, he was big time over, like one of the hottest acts in the company. Storyline wise, he's kind of fizzled in recent months here in AEW to say the least. But when he got there in front of the crowd, man, he hasn't lost any steam. I mean, he was still incredibly popular. Him and Cage had a great opening match. I I really enjoyed this. They teased the uh, heat between Cage and the rest of Team Taz there at the end, which made it a little interesting coming out of it. Uh, there's some stuff that I, I noted in my notes. Like Adam page took a suplex to the outside and bounced off that ramp, which didn't yep. give it all that looked insane. Uh, but yeah, like I said, in the end, <laughs> Brian cage refuses help from Ricky Starks page ends up winning with the buckshot lariat. And then they cage and uh, the rest of the team Taz argued after the match, yep. the crowd, super hot, Kyle, yeah.
1: the, the suplex to the floor was such a good spot that even Jim Ross sold it. <laughs> <laughs> even he was into it, but yeah. Um, putting page out there first. It'll be interesting to see moving forward. Was it a product of him being in the pay-per-view opener or the crowds is the crowd still that much emotionally invested into him? So I'm going to be monitoring that moving forward, but yeah, there was no doubt that the crowd still, you know, this crowd at least loved Adam page. I thought this was worked very well as a pay-per-view opener. There's a certain way pay-per-view openers should be worked. And these guys worked that match, uh, in the manner that I wanted to see. Uh I know interference and distraction finishes are, you know, some people took umbrage with the number of them on this show. This is one where it made sense because it played into the storyline with Cage. I assume he's turning babyface mm-hmm. moving forward now that he's lost um, because he didn't want the help. And, you know, they can just have him feud with the, you know, powerhouse Hobbs or something like that. Cause Ricky Stark's obviously still hurt, but, I guess that's the direction. And Justin kind of alluded to this earlier. Where do you go with Page now? He's—you don't want to put him in an Omega feud. We've said this before. You don't want to put him in that feud until he's ready to win. Mm-hmm. So it, it'll be interesting where they go with him next. But yeah, this was a fantastic pay-per-view opener uh, that hit all the right notes and with a hot crowd.
0: Yeah, I would just add. uh, Kind of going off what you guys said, it didn't overstay its welcome. Uh, it it did right by the storylines coming in and going forward. And most importantly, uh, sign of the night. Somebody holding up, he's a fucking horse. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if you're watching, you have any ideas where they go with Hangman Page next, let us know in the chat. But uh, as that one ended, we got to arguably... Probably on most people's cards, the match of the night, the tag team title match, the Bucks defending against Moxley and Kingston. Man, this this team of Moxley and Kingston is just incredibly over right now. They come (laughs) out. They come out to the lesser version of Wild Thing, the Wild Thing.
1: Yeah, but don't tell this crowd that version was no good, man. That (laughs) entrance was bad
2: ass. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we talked we talked about it, how this was going to be the perfect song for a live crowd. And holy shit, it was just great,
0: great stuff.
1: The way they entered, like, the intensity, like, made it even better.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Moxley just coming in wearing a Mark shirt <laughs> yes. and just throwing stuff everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely got me hyped. I was ready.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he had the Mark shirt on. Kingston had the Chico's Bail Bond. Yeah, that was awesome. Shirt on. That was pretty good. Uh, so, yeah, like, we had a hard time as we were talking, you know, in our group text and everything and over on the Facebook group. Uh, by the way, link in the description. Join our Facebook group if you're not already in it uh we were having a a hard time deciding who should win this match because we know that Renee is going to be giving birth pretty soon and and Moxley's probably going to be off for a little bit but at the same time this team is so hot right now it's hard to argue that they shouldn't be the tag team champions so I I was back and forth on who would win I ended up going in my predictions with Moxley and Kingston just because of how over they are and I felt like they can be tag champions. He could take off for a few weeks and they can still work that. And it w- wouldn't really matter that much. But Bucks retained. Um, Kyle, your thoughts on the Bucks retaining here?
1: Yeah. So I picked the Bucks, but in our Facebook group, I noted you certainly could have Moxie and Kingston win here. And to your point, Ryan, about the time that Mox is probably going to take off, well, they can just lose it back. They can just do a quickie tag title change. There's no problem with that. I, I know that, you know, once upon a time, we changed titles too much, but I think we're long past that era. They don't do that very much anymore. Like kind of that just quickie change and back. I mean, every once in a while is okay. Um, But overall, this match was just outstanding. So I did not have the sound on when I was watching it. Oh, which perhaps was a mistake. I had it on uh, at a party. We had a nice little backyard barbecue last night with uh, many of our friends and, like I said, about eight o'clock rolled in. I said, "This is a double or nothing party, folks." <laughs> it's a double or nothing party. I bought a pay per view, and I, you know what? I'm not watching it on delay because the party was going good. I was like, you know, people are going to be over for a while. I don't want to be up till two in the morning watching this. So let's just throw it on live. Hey, and real,
0: real quick question: How many people at the party, uh, wrestling fans, or have any interest in wrestling?
1: Um, probably five percent. Okay, and those All people right. were watching with me. I, I would say like five of the thir- like, uh, fan of the show, Brian. He was there, he was watching dutifully with me. My other buddy, Tony, uh, my buddy Nick, who, by the way, did did I sell some merch last night?
2: <laughs> you did that. Came in. I was, I looked <laughs> over at uh, Justin, I'm like, oh, we just got a pro wrestling tee sale, and then I pulled up. By, I'm pretty sure this is one of Kyle's friends. I recognize the name,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. I sold some merch last night. I was working, <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> I was working. Um, so we were just sitting there watching. So it was kind of like four out of or five out of thirty people were there. But um, so I guess that's more than five percent, isn't it? If it was five percent, that'd be like five out of a hundred.
2: I don't know, man. It's too early Mr. to Dr- Mister
1: Mr. Mr. Drosty. Can you help me out here? I'm off the uh, clock,
2: man. Okay. I'm just sipping <laughs> coffee from my Tap Rope Nation mug. But here. anyway, um, more merch.
1: When Moxley was busted open, people were wandering over to the TV. Um, if you ever want to have a fun time, explain to your wife's friends who know nothing about wrestling that yes. Uh, The blood is real. And then watch their reactions. They are like, (laughs) (laughs) just like mortified. They're like, what? And then when Mox kicked out at one, I just like, I was just so into this. Even with the sound off, I grabbed uh Cammie's friend who was like the maid of honor at our wedding, and I go, This fucking match <laughs> and, like, at the barbecue. So, yeah, I mean, even with the sound off, that's how you know this match was good, it transcended. So, I'm very interested to watch it all the way back with the sound on. My question to you guys uh, who watched it with the sound off, was Jim Ross annoying in this match? I saw some people on Twitter saying he was on his who's the legal man kick.
2: You know, as the paper, I don't recall, like, specifically in this match. I know that as the pay-per-view started, I thought he was a little better than he has been in in recent months. But then as the show went on, he got worse. There was some He made kind of a sexist statement during the the AEW women's match later in the show, I remember. uh, About, oh, they're ladies, but look at them go or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I I could see maybe how something like that would come up.
1: Okay. I I saw some people. I can't verify. I just saw on the Twitter feed people were like, they got somebody's got to tell JR to stop with this because it kind of like hurts the match because people don't care. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure some people care, but dude, I mean, watching all Japan match from the 90s, a Tag match. they just completely eschewed all the tag rules for the last 25 minutes yeah. when yeah. they go home. And if people are into it, we don't need an announcer pointing something out like that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not a deal breaker to me to, to have not had Moxley and Kingston win the titles because I would have put it on them. But, I, you know, it's the Young Bucks, (laughs) best tag team in the world. So I don't mind them staying champions. It's just it's one of those things where what do you do? Like you said, Kyle, you know, they they could have done a quick reversal and had him lose it back. I would have just kept it on him. And people know what's going on. People know Renee is giving birth. He can he can leave for a few weeks. He can cut some promos from home. You can have Kingston out there on his own. Maybe he gets double teamed one week right before. Moxley's coming back, and he comes back for revenge. You know, like I think you can have him hold the tag team titles even with him gone. They didn't go that route. That's fine. I I just probably would have put the the belts on him personally.
0: It did. One thing it, the match really did well, keeping the titles on the Young Bucks, is with how kind of cheesy they've been for the last couple months with their outfits and whatnot, just their general demeanor. This match and the way they beat Moxley and Kingston makes them just look all that much tougher. And you can put the tag belts on Moxley and Kingston, you know, a little bit later in another match, another pay-per-view. Um, and there's really no harm or foul.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I want to pick up on that. The Bucks are doing a good job. And we saw this on Dynamite in the matches against SCU and the Varsity Blots as working as heels now, right? I mean, everybody has a style. All the great acts have a style. Ric Flair had a style. Okay a pattern match and the bucks have a pattern match, but you know, one thing I've really enjoyed with them since the altern is they've kind of come out of their comfort zone. They're not working that typical Bucks style match. And Meltzer made the point in his preview in the observer that Kingston and Moxley aren't your typical bucks opponents, right? Like this was not going to be like your normal bucks. And they worked it perfectly. Mm -hmm. And and so that that's a real feather in the cap. That's what you want to see. Again, we, we talk about when, a character turns, they should work a little differently. They shouldn't just work the same style all the time. So I thought that was really neat. And yeah, the bucks are more over his heels now as a result of this match than I think they were going in. And that freaking hot tag, man, was, you talk about giving me strength. God, do I love a good hot tag. And this match <laughs> had it. um And, you know, how about this? We've, have people kind of forgotten about the way that last pay-per-view ended? I mean, Moxley and Kingston have done such yeah. a great job as a team now. People are forgetting about that laughable ending at Revolution. That's a sign of good booking.
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah go ahead. Well, no, you finish up. Before we move on to anything else, I have one final question about this match.
2: I was just gonna say this mind's broader. I was gonna say, is this the second best match, tag team match in company history? Because like as this was going on, or maybe you think it's the best one. I don't know. As it was going on, it started to run through my mind. Like, is this gonna top that Revolution tag last year? I mean, it was so good. I liked it better than the the FTR match. You know, I would say this is better than that one. Some people last year were saying all the FTR Bucks match was better in Revolution. I hard disagree. I didn't think it touched that one. But man, for a while, this was neck and neck with Hangman and Omega against the Bucks. This was, to me, it's the second best tag match in company history.
0: Well, what I would add to that is the Revolution match and this match compared to that FTR one, these felt like fights, whereas the FTR and Young Buck felt more like a performance. Giving yes. Kyle strength, yeah. It's yes.
1: good yes. take. There's your good take <laughs> of the day. Yeah, uh, it's not not like that. You were limited to one right? but uh, I mean that's going to be the best take of the day. That's the um. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And yes, I think it's the second best tag match in AEW history.
0: Okay. What did you have, Justin? So, I got to know what's worse to do to somebody: steal their rare Jordans or steal their Bret Hart jacket. <laughs> yes, this came up. Oh Man. yes,
1: uh, what should we call it? Doug? P C
2: O the uh, yeah PCO. Of Top i was gonna Rope call Nation. him yeah.
1: yeah. Pierre Lafitte.
2: Yep. Man, I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go with the uh, the Bret Hart jacket, but it's close. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Bret Hart, that was such a cheesy storyline when they did that. <laughs> Nineteen ninety-five
1: W W F. Everybody.
2: They are a good match though. Check the yes. Top Rope Nation archives. We interviewed jean Pierre Lafitte P C O last yes. year around this and, time,
1: and I put it as my number ten uh, in your house match of all time, just because yeah. he was on the show.
2: Yeah, (laughs) maybe it'll come up again. Who knows? We've got a uh, we got a Bret Hart draft dropping on YouTube and the podcast feeds. That will be our show this Friday. Uh, We're really looking forward to it. We've been talking about doing a Bret Hart fantasy draft for a long time, and we thought we'd do it to coincide with the Bret Hart A&E biography, which is next Sunday night. So look for that on your feeds. Friday should be a lot of fun.
1: The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything
2: so we get to the uh, Casino Battle Royale. Uh, the second of three that's been held in Jacksonville, Florida. Unfortunately, they've only had one Casino Battle Royale, actually in Las Vegas. Hopefully next year we'll have Double or Nothing back in Vegas. But we had the Joker, the surprise entrant. Uh, I think going into this one, and that was Leo Rush. He did get a lot of burn in this match, though. He's only out there a couple of minutes.
1: Yeah, wow. I was, was oh, that surprised me.
2: But uh, Casino Battle Royale. You know, you know the rules. If you if you watch AEW with the suits and the cards and everything, but we had the Joker. You know, the wild card that was Leo Rush. We had Big Show as the uh, guest announcer. Some people had speculated maybe Big Show would be the surprise entrant, but then they kind of put that to rest when they made him the announcer. And uh, you know, at the very start, Kyle, you get Max Caster coming out. And how good is this guy? I hope you had your volume on at this point. I
1: actually didn't, but I've seen it. Oh rap. since so I did it. This was the last match that I just that before I just looked around and said, fuck it, we're cranking the volume up on this. Max <laughs> <Next cast laughs> before so good. I said music off, Alexa. Yeah. Yeah. Look, yeah. Hold on, hold on. It's gonna say something. <laughs> fuck you, Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway. Um yeah, I, I saw the rap, and he's uh tremendous.
2: Oh man, Chris. needs edge. a push. Yeah said Christian lost his edge. Matt Seidel has been slipping (laughs) Call back to his entry into AEW. Uh, Dustin should paint his whole face. Just great (laughs) stuff from Max Caster. Uh, the, The match, I think most people were expecting Christian cage to win kind of justify him coming into the company with so much hype to get him that world title shot. And he, he was in the last two, but it was him and jungle boy. And my God, as As Justin mentioned a minute ago, who's going to be the next guy to take this big step with this company of the rising names? Jungle Boy was super over with this crowd right from the minute he came out with that great entrance song. And Justin and I were talking that, God, if Christian wins, this crowd might shit all over it. They want Jungle Boy to win. And Jungle Boy won. Right decision. Good call. Uh, So two weeks from now, we're going to have Jungle Boy taking on Kenny Omega for the AEW world title Uh, your thoughts on this match gentlemen I'll throw it to Kyle
1: okay so I don't know if you guys do this but before the matches even start I have some notes written down based on the build and as you alluded to Ryan I expected Christian Cage to win this and so one of my notes was okay in the next pay-per-view cycle I would like to see them really push jungle Boy. <laughs> <laughs> because I figured he did and it turns out, hey, they did it, And you're, this was the right call. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just, it felt organic. Like, you know, it's one of those things you're like, oh, well, of course, Christian's going to win, right? It's a very modern thing where the fans are smarter. They figure he's going to win. And you're like, all right, well, this guy's going to win. But no, he didn't. And, you know, long-term, it's better for Christian because there's not going to be any pushback or resentment toward him. And mm-hmm. I loved the post-match where he like was like, you know, go get him. You know, that's a cool mm-hmm. deal. And I, yeah, I think you can always elevate Christian just based on his history and, you know, his, his career, but this was jungle boys time and the crowd wanted it. And yeah, the right guy went over here.
0: Yeah. Justin. Yep. Totally agree. Uh, right guy. One I'm impressed by, uh, I'm assuming Tony Khan's feel for the crowd kind of maybe knowing in advance that this wasn't the moment to go with Christian and that the crowd might shit on that and they'd be way more over for Jungle Boy. Uh, The construction of the Battle Royal, I wasn't really a fan of. I missed somehow a lot of the eliminations. Never Mm -hmm. saw Max Caster get eliminated. I hated the trope of there was, I think, like five minutes where both Ryan and I were like, did Christian get eliminated? Yeah, We had no idea. Him and Willie Hobbs were gone, Mm -hmm. which really bothered me. Um, my one concern is with the jungle boy thing, they already announced, I believe two weeks from now, they're going to do the world title match mm-hmm. with Omega. I, obviously I don't think you can have him win it. Um, I remember telling Ryan, it's like, it's a great pick because really all you got to do is have a super competitive match with Omega to really, uh, build jungle boy up even more. My concern is that they're, I hope they don't go to this well too often because we just saw this with Scorpio Sky winning the brass ring, um, and then just losing his world title match,
1: yeah. Well, you know, though, um, with Scorpio Sky, though, at least he turned heel right after failing, right? At least, so at least, mm-hmm. like, there's been some progression with his character, sure. too. And here, you're right that Jungle Boy look, I think everybody assumes he's going to come up short in the Omega match, but it's about establishing him as not just you know a long-term future main event player but like you know kind of soon like it's gonna be interesting how well that match goes I think dictates you know how soon you can put him back up the card because yeah he is uh very over and I loved what you said when you first came on Justin about kind of like the potentially like four, three, four ascended baby faces in this promotion that they've got now that's people like that people like rooting for their favorites to move up the card and uh I'll say this uh, about you know, the people that I had over uh, my place, people like hearing that Jungle Boy's Luke Perry's son. Yeah,
0: People
1: mm-hmm. will get, that's that's going to that they, they, they were like, what, really? And like, that kind of like made them like him. So, yeah.
2: My dad brought that up too. He doesn't re- really watch AEW except for the pay-per-views with me. And he had remembered that I told him that, I think last time, and he brought it up during, during the match. To Jim Ross's credit, I'll say this. I think he should go with Jungle Boy Jack Perry. I agree.
1: As yeah. he becomes mm-hmm. more of a made of like, not just jungle boy. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a killer. I mean, Ric Flair was the nature boy, but he was also Ric Flair. So.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, we, we've talked about probably since around the time of the first double or nothing that, uh, this was going to be one of the rising stars in this company moving forward. So now we're going to see him get that, that big stage with the world title match with Omega should be an awesome match. Just kind of a, a different dynamic of an opponent for Kenny, no chance of winning, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how they play it up. You know, it could be similar to, you know, Bret Hart elevating the one, two, three kid back in the day on Raw, something like My that. God.
1: <laughs> it, it is interesting to
2: work on another Bret Hart reference here. Yeah.
1: With, with Jungle Boy, you know, his stock, otherwise, Luchasaurus is, you know, who I think, you know, you talk about that first double up. A lot of people are like, oh, look out for this Luchasaurus. You know, maybe he's going to be the star of this group, but like Jungle Boy is like just blown past him ever mm-hmm. since Luchasaurus hurt his knee. He hasn't yeah. been the same since. Well,
0: you know only one of them has a wrestling buddy and it ain't jungle boy (laughs)
2: that's true that is true they did unveil that a great looking figure too I mean Luchasaurus has just got a great look for an action figure Mm -hmm. so Um, now this is going to be the divisive one Cody and Anthony Agogo 10 minutes and 55 seconds Cody Rhodes comes out looking like uh, uh, Homelander from the boys as my dad said right as the match started (laughs) I mean, he's supposed to be the baby face, but I mean, this over-the-top nationalism thing for me is just—I don't like it. Whatever. I—I I know what he was going for. It, you know, it's Memorial Day weekend. He's—he's he's out there trying to look like a one of the the patriots from the Revolutionary War or whatever. Uh, I don't know what Cody Rhodes gets from winning this match. I—we—we we talked about it beforehand. Kyle, you mentioned if Cody wins, you're going to play into uh Agogo's problems with his sight, which they did. You know, because he bled, but still, like, what what's the point in Cody Rhodes getting this victory other than you know him making the argument backstage? It's Memorial Day weekend. It's USA versus Britain. I have to win. He didn't have to win. He's already a star. He's already established. This does absolutely nothing for him. A GoGo's brand new, and the company only has a couple of matches. But still, if he gets that win over Cody, you- you've established him as a legitimate threat. Now he's lost. You got to build him back up a little bit more. This is this is my biggest gripe with the entire show. I I don't know why you would have Cody Rhodes win this match. It, it was it was an okay match. It seemed to kind of kill the crowd though. After this, the crowd was kind of dead, to be honest with you. And the same thing happened with the weigh in on Dynamite the other night. So,
1: yeah, I, I, it was interesting. I maybe I was just way more into this than the average AEW fan as far as the feud. I, I thought it it was telling because you were right on Dynamite. The crowd kind of. Was like whatever with that way, and and nothing, ha- no angle coming about it was was certainly an odd choice. But I, I want to hear Justin what his thoughts are. I, I want to go last on this match.
0: I was kind of with Ryan in the moment. I I really didn't like it. I didn't understand the purpose of it. Um, it, it didn't seem to get a go go over in the way. But honestly, you know, having thought about it more, it doesn't bother me as much. My biggest gripe is honestly probably how much they built the punch to the gut in the past month. How that just completely was taken out, guys. Then all of a sudden you have them do it to Cody at the very opening of the match. And it's just a whatever move now. Yeah. I thought that was kind of lame. But other than that, my biggest problem is that they didn't end the show with Cody standing on top of Daly's place masturbating like Homelander and the boys.
2: (laughs) I don't know if you've seen the boys, Kyle, but no, I haven't. That's a tremendous <laughs> reference.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing just at the thought of yeah, Cody. You know, went, you know, yanking the old chain at the top of Bailey's place. But um, okay, so look, the nationalism did like this. I, I've seen like a lot worse in in 30 plus years of watching wrestling. Like I didn't think yeah. this was. It, it was just Cody was just a proud to be American guy. It's okay to be proud to be American. I mean, sometimes it can get a little. You know, whatever. But it was memorial. They played it up. Okay, I had made peace with the fact Cody was probably going to win this match because he was the American dream for Mm -hmm. one night only. You don't Mm -hmm. do that if you're going to lose. Also, this thought popped into my mind in the last couple weeks. Uh, If this was WWE and the baby face lost in this scenario, we'd be all over him.
2: If this was WWE and Cody Rhodes was bringing back the American dream, they would have had him out there kissing a gogo's ass. Yes, they <laughs> probably would have. That. Yeah,
1: yeah, but you're, but you know, and to be fair, we would make, we're like, dude, you don't like, you mask your baby face like that. Here is my take on this match. And uh, I sat there, I was disappointed that a gogo lost. There's no disputing that. But right afterwards, I thought about it and I was like, how am I going to sum up what I feel right now on this podcast? And, and it goes like this. I wanted something unique and all I got was a pro wrestling match. Yeah. Great point. Because, you know, well, I saw some people like, Oh, Gogo's not ready for prime time. This proved it. I'm going to push back on that. Like, okay. Is he ready to deliver a 25 minute main event style that you're used to seeing in other promotions or even this one? No, he's not, but who cares? Unique is in right now. in processing, mm-hmm. whether, you know it or not. And they felt like they had something unique with this guy. Once this match went past the five minute mark, I knew there was no chance he was going to win. Especially Justin, you caught it too. Great catch when he hit the rib punch. And yeah, it was just like a transition move. Like I thought Cody was going to be like on the ground, like spitting blood, selling yeah. it for a minute. Like Arn Anderson was like, do you want me to throw the towel And They didn't do that at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think there was a moment in this match that would have made for a great near fall when Cody had a go-go in the figure four and a go-go was fighting and he hit him with the punch and Cody went down for the, what was just a near fall. Had they done a three on that, that would have been great. Yeah. And I think, I think people would be talking a lot different about this. Um, As far as them losing the crowd, I don't know if maybe the AEW audience just isn't as into this program. You mentioned the weigh-in again, Ryan, on Friday. They weren't into it as much as I was. This was the match I was looking forward to the most. And it certainly did not have the most heat in the building. I wonder also if that had something to do the crowd was so hot for those first three matches. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, You can only sustain that for so long. I mean, I don't want to start making, like, drug references, but you can only, you know, keep a high <laughs> for go. so long unless <laughs> if you want to, like, go back to the bathroom and, you know, get a little pick-me-up. But, uh, and... and I just think that the where this match was placed on the card, the way it was worked, I think people wanted unique too. That might have been it. I, I think yeah. this match going forth, had they done the unique thing where it just went five minutes and a go go, you know, caught him with a flurry and that was it, mm-hmm. I think we'd be talking a lot differently about this than we are today, had they done that.
2: Well, Justin mentioned when we were watching it. He said this needs to be like uh, Drago and Apollo Creed. Yes, <laughs> just the destruction. And it's not what we got. You know, the crowd was pretty much on Cody's side. I mm-hmm. mean, the flying AEW audience loves Cody. He's one of the guys that built the company, and you know, had the all the uh, the power on the indie scene before it started. Huge fan following. We were kind of speculating: is he going to get booed because we saw a lot of anti-Cody stuff on Twitter? But it was not that way in the building. So they were super hot for him. But then they lost them. They lost the crowd. The crowd, I, yeah, like you said, it could have been burnout. I don't know. But by by the time this match was over, there was not a lot of heat in the building. It took them a little bit to get it back. Yeah.
1: I just don't think it was worked the way that people expected or it should have been. Yeah. Quite frankly. I mean, I, I think it should have, like, even if Cody was going to win, it should have been like him coming back from death, right? Like selling the punches. It should not have been worked like a normal wrestling match because a go-go got over by being different. And again, I'm going to push back on this notion that everyone should wrestle the same or check these same boxes. If they're going to the main event, check your history folks. Okay. Of this phenomenal industry. When people get over generally, it's because of uniqueness. Look at who the two biggest names in the 1980s were Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. Did they check any of the same boxes? No, no, except for like the drawing money one, but they were completely different. It's about being unique and it is going to be interesting moving forward, what they do with the go-go. I think you can rebuild them simply by having him beat Cody when you debut in the UK. Yeah. I, yeah. I think, I think you could do that, but it's interesting what they're going to do with Cody too. Cause like, do you want to get a rematch out of this? Like
2: that's, that's the other thing though. Insane. Cody's going to be leaving too. Cody's going to be leaving yeah. too. Brandy's having a child. So Moxley loses apparently because he's going on to leave and he can't have the tag team title, but Cody be- beats the up and coming star, you know, whatever. But Tim in the chat. Did Cody bring out a gallon of milk? He's our all-American Kurt mm Angle-style hero. (laughs) Here's Homelander for you, Kyle. Okay, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so.
0: So, something else that I I was thinking about that I think wrestling fans complain about sometimes, and I was of two minds in this match, was uh, matches basically always coming down to, like, a finisher or a roll-up or something. And then you kind of had the vertebreaker seemingly come out of nowhere as to end the match. Had Cody yeah. been using that before? That seemed kind of weird. And like, you know, talking about a match being unique, it didn't really seem like the time or place to have uh some random move uh take out a go-go. Yeah,
1: that, that was kind of frame of it. Sweet move, you know, the yeah, no, the ver- the vertebraker's great. Loved it when it was called the cop killer by homicide. We're not allowed <laughs> to say that anymore, but um <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was called. I mean, I mean, you talk about a move that was over. Give me 2007 ROH, hop, homicide, with the announcement, shown, cop killer. Uh. Now you'd be <laughs> canceled by these right wing loons if you said something
2: like that. Oh, man. Be so, canceled by Cody. <laughs> yeah, Cody would not appreciate that.
1: It was, it, I saw something on Twitter that's called it the not cop killer, the cop liver <laughs> or something like that. They called it. I forget what it was. I, I was had a chuckle out of that.
2: Yeah. So, after this, they follow it up with, you know, you would hope to be a match with some heat. The TNT title match. Miro, they have done a good job in establishing Miro, I think, as kind of a crazed lunatic now who's out to get everybody. But Lance Archer, man, where does this guy rank in the tiers of AEW? Because I feel like Lance Archer has just absolutely no heat. As a challenger here, it was it this was just not... It, to follow the match that kind of lost the crowd, and they put this out there, there was definitely a lull in the crowd at this point. I don't know what you do with Lance Archer. You know, he he lost again here. Jake Roberts really isn't doing too much with him anymore, or for him anymore, I should say. So, I mean, is Lance Archer kind of a bust? What do you guys think?
1: He definitely has uh, lost most of his big matches, mm-hmm. I would say. That's kind of a... a- interesting thing and it's hard to overcome once you keep losing the big matches so earlier uh I had teased that I thought there was a match that did not need to be on this show it was this one Mm -hmm. I thought it was rushed and I think the only reason it was on the show is because you wanted a TNT title match on your pay-per-view um when Miro had beaten Darby and you know the card was coming together I was like you know they probably don't need to put Miro on the show because what are you gonna do just rush a contender for him to have him win because you're not going to change the title because Miro just won it. Uh, I think this is something that they should have built up a little longer and main event a dynamite with this did not need to be on the show. And I think if you took this match off the show, it's how long did this one go? Ryan, do you have that? Uh, just ago? under 10
2: minutes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. You know, I know 10 minutes doesn't sound like a lot, but if you trim this one match, I think, it would have been better. I just don't think, you know, based on what they did, which was a clean as a sheet win for the heel. Mm -hmm. I just don't think you needed to rush this on the pay-per-view at all. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, totally agree with you, Kyle, uh, going back to your question, Ryan, as far as, you know, Archer losing some of his steam, I'm kind of okay with it. I looking back, I don't know if there's any kind of result that I would have wanted change. I like the people that they're pushing and that are coming to the top. Um, so I'm I'm okay with it.
2: Yeah, I'm just saying that they they brought him in with some hype, and he just seems like a complete bust. Like nobody really seems to be into any of his matches. Uh, he's lost again. Where do you go from here? I don't know. I think I think in the short history of AEW, Lance Archer is one of the biggest misses so far.
1: What was the TV main event that he had though that people that it did well in the ratings too? Yeah, I think it was when he qualified for that ladder match. Who did he beat? Mm, that was a while ago, right? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was before the last pay-per-view, obviously. I can't remember who he beat, but th- that match, I know, like, was
2: uh, was kind of well-received. I,
1: I just think, you know... It, it's uh, was come- it Ray
2: Phoenix? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ray Phoenix is freaking awesome. It's hard yeah. to not do something good with him.
1: Sure, absolutely. I just think that you're right, and that just plays into what I said, that, you know, you want to protect Archer a little bit more. Like, maybe giving him a cool win before losing to Miro would have been better Mm -hmm. rather than just like, you know, he just ran out the one week. He's like, I'm next. Yeah. And that it's like, all right, let's get this match out in three weeks. I just don't think that was the right way to go uh, at all. And it's going to be interesting what they do with them next. Mm -hmm. To your point, Ryan. All
2: right. Well, one of the, I think, yeah, go
1: ahead. Miro, last thing, uh, a dynamite, the crowd, more so maybe than here at, at the pay-per-view, the crowd was really into Miro Friday night with the Miro's going to kill you against Dante Martin. I don't know if that was just the dynamic of that or whatever, but, um, you know, playing the long game with him, you know, they didn't rush him to a top spot coming off a WWE run seems to be effective right now. Miro, I think, is in a very good place. and looks pretty impressive. Uh, he was, uh, Kip Sabian is obviously not the ideal <laughs> partner for a future main event guy, but. People view him as a top guy, Miro, and he's looked like a badass even when he's not in top matches. Right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't mm-hmm. sell; he just kicks ass. They had, you know, Kip Sabian lose, yeah, when it was
2: required. Mm-hmm. So, a match that I think everybody was really looking forward to because we've all kind of wanted to see Britt Baker have her moment here was. uh Britt Baker taking on Hikaru Shida for the AEW, the new AEW Women's Championship belt, which on Friday night, they unveiled it. It's a little bit bigger than the old one, which the old one was just ridiculously small. This is better. Um, and, you know, they, their match, it it started out a little bit off, I kind of felt like, but by the end, they had the crowd. It, it was good, a lot of drama. Uh, Shida's top ripped a little bit, so luckily that didn't factor in. They didn't have to go home too early. Uh, I think that happened when they were up on the top rope if I remember right, where like one of the straps broke. Uh, but luckily, not too much of a mishap there. So Shades of Fabulous
1: run. Moolah Velvet McIntyre at WrestleMania 2. Thank God. I'm dating myself on that
2: one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, she'd, uh, she's held the title for over a year. She held the title for over a year. I think for someone to carry it during the pandemic, she did a hell of a job. I, I love watching her wrestle. She's very technically sound, but it was definitely Britt Baker's time. She's supposed to be a heel, but the crowd was very much behind her. Everyone wanted to see her get that moment. She wins via submission. She has the uh, the moment with Tony Schiavone. I thought that was Schiavone awesome. Was, I thought Schiavone was going to interview her, but they just did the embrace uh, on the entrance way, which was good. Uh, great ending there. And so, I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing what she does as champion. Right when AEW started, I think we even said on the pod, you know, she's going to be the face of the women's division. Had some bad luck had some injuries. She's really grown as a performer since that time, though. I mean, she is just just personality-wise hitting on all cylinders right now, always very good in the ring. So I mean this is her moment. And I think when you look at the you look at the entire company, she's probably like in the top five, maybe top three of, of most over people in this company right now. If you look at the pro wrestling tees like merchandise charts her shirts are always right up there. She's selling a lot of merch, even though she's a heel. People love her. Glad to see her get her moment here. And um, yeah, the match I mean, it was pretty good. Pretty, pretty solid match overall. Talk. Character
1: work pays off. And you, yeah. know, you talk about that moment with her and Shivani. Let's rewind two years ago. Um, you know, Britt Baker, you know, she got off kind of that rough start. Everyone was talking, you know, that you mentioned Ryan in promotion and Tony Shivani. What about his career? and how he's resurrected himself in AEW, right? I mean, like, he did not have the end of his pro wrestling announcer career that he wanted, certainly. I don't think he wanted, you know, to be, like, calling some of the worst shite ever seen by man in that last year of WCW. And, you know, he was the guy who every week people remembered, oh, this is the biggest night show in the history of our sport. And, you know, he was, you know, Bischoff holding at gunpoint, making him say the McFoley thing. Um, He wasn't really held at gunpoint, I know that. But, um, you know... Yeah, but it's a really cool moment, not just for Britt Baker, but I just couldn't help but thinking good for Tony Schiavone too, you know, Mm -hmm. like to see like where he's at versus two years ago. Uh, The match was sloppy at points, uh, but one thing they were good with is, I think this is one that we all expected Britt Baker to win, Yeah, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yet they did a pretty decent job at points at making you think maybe she wasn't going to win. There were some believable near falls. Yes. Um, yeah. And they did this in the men's three, uh, the world title match as well. I think to that regard, a champion we didn't think was going to lose, but they got believable near falls.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I I enjoyed it. Tony was someone who was kind of hanging around. He started doing the uh, the MLW announcing. Mm-hmm. And I remember us talking on the show at the time, like, man, Tony Schiavone is still really good. He hasn't missed a beat since the nineties.
1: <laughs> I, I think it's just like, We're so used to like the just droning, emotionless (laughs) WWE announcing that like when I, when I heard Shivani that one time, you're right on MLW. I was like, God, is Tony Shivani like way better than everybody at commentary now? That's crazy. (laughs) And then, yeah, it's, it's awesome, man. And and a a great moment for Britt Baker, um, who yeah, is one of the biggest stars of the promotion and probably should get a long run Mm -hmm. as champion. Absolutely.
2: It'd be interesting to see who she feuds with going into All Out in Chicago. They they revealed All Out in Chicago as we expected. It's going to be on a uh, Sunday again during Labor Day weekend, and uh, I've heard that that's going to be at the Sears Center. They didn't officially announce that, but Sears Center makes sense because you know that's where the original All In was. That's where they held out All Out after that. I would rather see them at the Wind Trust Arena where Revolution was. It's a newer building. Uh, and it's actually downtown Chicago versus Sears Center, which is like an hour from Chicago. So if you're traveling in, if you hang around that area, you're not going to see Chicago <laughs> at all. Wind Trust is a, is a very new building, but it looks like you know, they're they're going to kind of bounce back and forth. Um, I actually asked Tony Khan about that in the in the media scrum post Revolution, and he said that they would run both. And so it makes sense, I guess, with the history to run Sears Center. I mean, you think Thunder Rosa is going to be the big challenger, perhaps by that it, time.
1: Well, it, it may I don't know if it's you're gonna run that all the way to the pay-per-view, but yeah. Thunder Rosa is a very logical first contender based on that unsanctioned match, which she won against Britt Baker, right? That's a you know, in storyline, the baby face can come out and say, Hey, I beat you before. And then Britt Baker could be like, No, you didn't. It was uns, you know, <laughs> not in the record books. And you could play off that. And yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's a very logical first challenge for Britt Baker um as for you know looking three months ahead
2: I don't know I mean it, it, will Britt Baker stay a heel well that's what I'm saying is uh Thunder Rosa seems like the top challenger so like normally you look at it from the pay-per-view perspective can they drag that out I don't know but
1: yeah. I, I think it all depends on the face heel dynamic with Britt whether they keep her as a heel or if they turn if they turn her baby, they turn her baby face they're building up Jade Cargill yeah and that could be the match i mean that's three months from now again people might say what it sounds odd but i mean a lot can change in three months you could see
2: that You could see that all right uh sting returning to the ring you know we had the cinematic match before but now he's actually out there in the ring team with darby allen taking on scorpio sky and ethan page dude sting at what is he 62 i think he's mm-hmm. 62 years old Taking a suplex on the stage. (laughs) That was insane right at the start. And then he has a spot where he does the crossbody off the stage to the outside. But that wasn't as risky as the the suplex spot. I was just shocked for a guy who we thought would never wrestle in a match proper again to take that kind of a fall. Holy hell. But Sting looked good out there. You know, he hit the stinger splash. He ends up getting the pinfall with the scorpion death drop. Nice moment for Sting. Love the scorpion death drop. Yep the fact that he, he got to have this moment in front of a full crowd was awesome to watch. And I, I love taking this one in stings a legend. I turned to Justin during this match and I said something like, did you ever think as a little stinger that you'd be around 40 years old and he'd still be out there wrestling yeah. <laughs> here. We are, here we are, Justin. You like this one though?
0: Yeah. I mean, this is a perfect example of not everything needs to be a five five star match. Um, it's just a perfect execution of everybody that was involved, you know, you give sting some spots you know limit him because he's definitely unlimited at uh, 62 years old uh, great use of hot tags just like the tag team match earlier and then you just let uh darby bump around and get thrown into the crowd
2: mm-hmm. dude no regard for his body <laughs> this guy's nuts
0: this
1: was uh one of my favorites on the show believe it or not wow. uh, i really enjoyed it um it was exactly what it needed to be, and that's kind of why. You know, again, you could make the point similar to Cody and Agogo. Ah, eh, well, you know, the heel side act is less established here, but I still think you could. I think the ceiling in the case of Page and Scorpio Sky, I don't know what it is. It's not something I see as high as Anthony Agogo personally coming to the show. I think they could be like the tag team champions or something, maybe mm-hmm. down the line, or just a good heel team, like a good like number two heel team in the promotion. I still think. You're going to run Darby and Ethan Page one-on-one uh, either at a pay-per-view or like on a main event of a Dynamite uh, moving forward. I think that match needs to happen. And you can still do it because Scorpio mm-hmm. Sky took the fall, correct? If yep. I remember correct, Yeah. So, yeah, I think you could still do that match moving forward. I, I know Scorpio Sky had made some comments after the show, I believe, that he didn't know what to really think. When he was approached with, you know, hey, you're going to be working with Ethan Page a lot, but he seems he said it, it's been great and he really likes it. So I think moving forward, you can keep them together as an act and yeah, build that one-on-one match between Darby and Ethan, which should be really good, a real fun brawl. And mm-hmm. we're an objective show. I'm going to be objective right now. I'm going to say it right now. Ethan Page is a handsome man.
0: <laughs> great, great facial expressions. Yeah, make no, makes him crazy facial
2: expressions That's yeah there was a gif from last night going around on twitter yeah. where he was ro- doing that eye roll thing or whatever yeah <laughs> um okay so the world title match triple threat nobody bought orange cassidy or pack as as having a chance to unseat kenny omega here but by the end of this match 27 minutes they got you to buy in man i mean on those near falls i was on the edge of my seat i would you know i was someone that didn't expect either guy to win But man, like Orange Cassidy has some teases here. This is a guy who, you know, he might, he may not look traditionally like a professional wrestler to some fans. You know, he's not, not a body guy by any means. When it comes to personality and being able to work the crowd, this guy can have him eaten out of the palm of his hand. I mean, unique is in tremendous. And then pack of course is just solid all around as a wrestler, this match was freaking awesome. I mean, it's it's one A and one B with it with the tag match. I think for match of the night for me, of course, Omega was great as usual. Uh, so yeah, Justin, you turned to me during this one and you said, "How do you not love a triple
0: threat match?" Yep, exactly. I've <laughs> <laughs> that, Heard it all. I, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wasn't quite as like I don't think like to me like I would not have entertained the notion that this was better than the tag match, but. There was that one spot where uh, Orge Cassie almost stole the pin where he did the, where he, uh, yes, he chucked Omega out and went to pin pack. pack. Okay, the other way around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was great. That was a great, great, great near finish that the crowd bought. Near finishes are only as good as, uh, you know, how much the crowd's buying them. And the crowd bought that. Uh, So that was cool. Yeah. And this did over deliver. Like I said, I think coming Mm -hmm. in, I just, I wasn't really looking forward to it that much, but I, I enjoyed it a lot more uh, than I thought I would have.
0: I saw a lot of complaints about the interference during this match, but it didn't really bother me any just because of Omega's character right now. And frankly, I loved the uh, the spot where he kept asking for another title to to hit Pac with. And holy shit, Pack can sell those shots too. He is so good at that. I was glad he didn't take the pinfall or the loss. Um, I think that would have hurt him a lot more than it would have Orange Cassidy uh so I, yeah just a perfect a perfectly executed match just like uh the previous tag
2: mm-hmm. i mean all the snapdragon suplexes in this Oof. match were insane like we just and i were cringing at like these guys landing on their necks mm-hmm. i mean everything but but everything was worked just perfectly i mean just to the millimeter on the snapdragon so that nobody nobody got hurt uh yeah i just I could rave about it. I could watch it again right now. I, oh. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah.
0: And unless I, I don't think I've ever heard you get more excited than it was pretty early in the match when Omega kicked Pack into the corner and pack just went flying backwards. Oh that man.
1: was awesome. Dude, that yes. was
0: insane. I don't even know. I've seen
2: the gifts floating around now. I don't even know how he did that. Like even <laughs> even even watching it in kind of slow-mo how he flies because you don't really see him jump too much and it doesn't even look like Kenny kicks him that hard. And he just flies halfway across the ring. That was nuts, man. That's that's that was like one of the highlights other than the uh, the Snapdragons for sure. But yeah, this great match. How do you not love Kenny Omega coming out wearing all those belts <laughs> all over his body and yeah, they get involved in the finish as you said, freaking awesome. Awesome awesome match. So to finish it off, uh, what, Stadium Stampede. Yeah. Get real else.
0: quick. Uh, I just, I need to get in my my joke here that I made last night when they, uh, they were talking about the new show coming out, Rampage, and that they're going to have a special analysis for the show. Oh, and yes. they brought out Mark Henry. Mm-hmm. Before they brought out Mark Henry and they said they have a special analysis, I turned to Ryan. I was like, Adnan Verk? Yes. <laughs> they <laughs> stole him from Vince. Here
2: he comes. That's what actually happened. They sniped him away. That would have been hilarious. Yeah. Can you imagine a
1: man, Dan Burke?
2: It it would have been funny if they just brought him out as a joke. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah, that would
1: have been just like looking around like, what?
2: (laughs) Yeah. No, Mark Henry, though, that was a shocking one. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's been with WWE forever. And I mean, total company guy through and through. 25 years. Yeah. I I was pretty freaking shocked when Mark Henry walked out. So that's a huge signing for them for their, their Friday night show starting up in in August on TNT a 1-hour broadcast. Tony Khan said it's going to be an A show. It's not going to be a secondary show. It's going to be a tight 1-hour show important to see for fans. So looking forward to that. I'm glad he didn't uh, make it a 3-hour dynamite as the TNT executives had absolutely, talked to him about.
1: Absolutely agree and I think there's we'll know who the next guy that's going from AEW to or pardon me from WWE to AEW based on who they have Randy Orton make fun of at the next legends night on Raw? because that seems <laughs> to be the that. thing. Yep. Yeah. Like, you know, like whoever Randy Orton like shits out of that. Well, he goes, <laughs> yeah. he goes to AEW. So,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they announced that Mark Henry coming in. I mentioned they announced the, uh, the all out location. Uh, they announced, I think it well, it already been reported St. Louis for full gear in Ooh. November. And so basically, July 7th on, they're back on the road. They've got the, the next two pay-per-views announced. And uh, yeah, exciting times for wrestling fans. All right. So we lost Kyle. I don't know where he went. I don't Jeez. think I clicked on him. What a jerk. He's out. He's done. Oh, here he comes. <laughs> Kyle's back.
0: Kyle's because <laughs> <laughs> Does He doesn't want to
2: talk about Stadium Stampede. No, still? we're not,
1: we're not going to get into why that happened. I went to look something up, and I, you know, I'm still getting used to this being in my
2: click the wrong uh, tap
1: yes that's exactly <laughs> thank you
2: so yeah stadium stampede so 31 stupid. minutes <laughs> <laughs> Stadium Stampede so I mean it, it was what it was it's 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 kind of weird to go back and we talked about this in the build to the show to go back you know now that we do have the crowds to the cinematic style but I think it also did a good job in kind of showing you both dynamics they start out over in the jag stadium they work their way back to the crowd. And once they get to the crowd, you're like, you know, we've made it back. This is where we are now. So it kind of showed both dynamics of of where pro wrestling has been over the last one year plus. I love the Urban Meyer cameo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were shocked when they had Urban Meyer on there. Apparently, the dropped crowd, the cuss word. Yeah, holy shit, he said. Yeah. The crowd loved it. So, I mean, it seemed to kind of drag a little bit to me. But again, I think that was also because... We're almost four four hours into the the main show proper. And if you include the pre-show, five hours at this point. Uh, but to get to give Sammy the victory in front of the fans at the end, after he was the guy who you know lost him the War Games match or the blood and guts match, I should say, a couple of weeks ago, that was a nice touch. Crowd loved inner circle winning. The sing along, of course, to Fozzie was great. So it ended up being a really, really good finish to the show. But as as far as what stuck out to me, it was basically the Urban Meyer cameo, which was the the big thing in the in the cinematic portion of the match, and also the Conan cameo. Although I'm not sure why, like mm-hmm. there would be a club on the concourse at this point in time, but you know whatever they worked that in. It's cool to see Conan out there. Crowd popped for that one too. Um, But uh, yeah, I guess wrapping up what they started last year with Stadium Stampede.
1: I thought the backstage stuff went on too long. Absolutely. This, especially, you know, again, 30 minutes at the end of a show and, you know, to be backstage, but you know, who was still into this match? The crowd. Yeah. Like the live, like, you know, I mean, you wouldn't like, cause you know, I'm sitting there on my couch and it, you know, it's getting close to, you know, midnight here, East coast time. I'm, you know, I've been drinking for several hours and I'm <laughs> like, okay, here we go. Let's kind of wrap this up boys. You know, but when they brought out in front of that live crowd, they were still into it, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, so that's kind of what matters. It's not just me on my couch. So uh, kudos to them in that regard. I definitely think it could have been shorter though, for sure. Mm -hmm. And it it was just kind of interesting that the first show back in front of, you know, your full house is made by a match that takes place. That's 90% not in front of a live crowd. So um, whatever, I I think, you know, I, I think it was a case of, what's the main event of this show going to be? They wanted something big. And they went back with stadium stampede like last year. Do you think they should do this every year at double no. or nothing? Cause I, yeah, I don't no. either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that's too WWE ish, right? Doing the yeah. same gimmick every pay-per-view or whatever. So yeah,
2: it'd also be difficult. Cause I, I mean, they could try to get permission to do it at like the Raider stadium, but yeah, it's not going to work once. They take. Yeah, on you're right. That's, a,
1: yeah, that, that's an excellent logistic point. They're not always going to be in Jacksonville.
2: Yeah. We assume this is going to be yearly in Vegas. And hopefully next year, maybe we can do a live show at the uh, Blue Wire Studios at The Wynn next year. Fellas. Oh! There's a new Blue Wire podcasting studio at The Wynn in Vegas. All the contracted podcasters can use it. So if we go next year to Double or Nothing, we could be in that fancy studio for a post show. We'll see. I'm,
1: f- I'm fucking in. I'll tell you that much. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the crowd at The Win walking by watching us do Top Rope Nation. That would be pretty sweet. I think we should do it. Go ahead, Justin. Sorry to interrupt you. I was just going to
0: say, I think the only way going forward you have a stadium stampede match is if you actually fill a stadium with fans. Yeah, and, and that's, that's that's how you do it.
2: I think that would be interesting. Yes, that should be the if they could ever do that. That should be the third incarnation, hundred percent.
1: If um, to main event a big stadium show, I don't think it should be like separate from the rest of the show. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. You're right. yeah, yeah, I agree.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, only final thought, uh, you guys have covered this match uh, exactly right. It definitely didn't need to be longer, but I did feel a little bad for Proud and Powerful and FTR. It felt like they got a little shortchanged with just kind of one segment compared to everybody else.
2: Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah.
1: Hold, that could be rectified hopefully down the line with like a kick-ass tag match. Yeah. Again, on Dynamite, like, you know, I mean, Proud and Powerful had that great brawl with uh, best friends. No, yep. that was one of the better matches. Like, I'd love to see them run something like that back against FTR because, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's a great TV main event. I still want to see MJF work Sammy Guevara one on one, too.
2: Yes. Yeah. So, as I mentioned, Guevara got the pin after an awesome looking 630 cent on Sean Spears in the ring. Uh, so, that, I mean, that was the finish. You got inner circle, the crowd going nuts. Fozzie playing through the arena memorable end to the show. And I would, I mean, I would highly recommend it. If you didn't see it, this is worth paying for to get it on your BR live account and be able to watch it on demand. Cause I will probably watch a couple of these matches again, a second time. Yes. So Yeah. yeah. Anything else to add fellas before we wrap it up?
1: No. Um, even if I could think of something, I have to pee so bad that I'll just shelve it for the next podcast.
2: <laughs> so, hey, man, this was this was a a fun show. If you liked it, please thumbs up the video. If you're here on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Like I said, Friday, we're going to have our Bret Hart fantasy draft show dropping. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're actually recording that one in advance so I can add some stuff in after the fact. We're going to be recording that tomorrow night. It will drop on Friday to the podcast feeds and here on YouTube.com. And uh, that's what the schedule looks like. Kyle and I will also be doing a locker room bonus show on the locker room app. So if you want to join us for that, uh, I think we're planning on doing that on Friday after Dynamite or in the afternoon. We'll see.
1: Depends if if any news breaks. If there's a major news story that breaks midweek, we'll hit that up. But I think our fallback plan is to review Friday Night's Television.
2: Yeah. So if, if you, if you have an iPhone, download the locker room app, follow me. It's at our drosty and uh, Kyle's at TRP Kyle. We can send you an invite when we start the live show on there. We're able to take callers. It's a lot of fun. And then we put it out as a podcast after the fact it is a weekly bonus podcast over on our Patreon page. If you want to check out how you can support us on Patreon and get access to, I guess, over 30 bonus shows we've done over there now. Uh, check out the link in the, in the description. It's patreon.com slash top rope nation. Thanks to everyone for joining us today. And, uh, you know, we hope you enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy some adult beverages, but not too many. (laughs) And we'll see you all next time. Take care.